Hello and welcome to the 67th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Nova Blitz by Dragon Foundry. Paul, who are you and what do you do? Hi, hi Chris, I'm Paul Barclay. Uh, I run Dragon Foundry, um, and that means, since we're a small studio, I do a li- little bit of everything. Uh, design, marketing, coding, uh, dev art. Don't have me do real art. That's a, just a disaster waiting to happen. <laughs> um, recruiting, managing the team. Uh, making the tea. Making the tea as well yeah. as managing the team. <laughs> We're a little bit more of a coffee drinking culture over here than a tea drinking culture, which is yeah, very every, sad. Every, it's really, I've got to tell you a story because I'm going to PAX. I'm going to PAX. It's my eighth PAX. Pax Prime, that is. I've been there eight times. And uh, I know you're based in Seattle. That's why we're mentioning it. And uh, I have a friend there who says, oh, we need to bring uh, I wanna, I need to bring some tea. What? Bring some PG tips. Oh, yeah, or something. And we have to sit there and we, eat, we drink builder's tea <laughs> with a packet of dark chocolate hobnobs. It is the most you, British thing. <laughs> yep, you can buy those at, at our local grocery store now. Yeah. PG tips, and you can't buy the dark chocolate hobnobs, which is very sad. Only the milk chocolate ones. Yeah, you know what I mean by the dark chocolate ones. There's... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah. there's there's no question. <laughs> it's incredible those are, but uh, no, they, we just sit there watching packs go by while drinking builders' tea. <laughs> Talking about and she's not British. She's from San Francisco, so you know she's a fellow podcaster. Uh, bless her, known her for years. And we just sit there shooting the breeze and looking around. Oh, okay. So. Um, You founded Dragon Foundry. That's awesome. How did you make your start? Because it sounds like you've been knocking around for quite a while. I've been knocking around for ages and ages. Yes. Um, Um, What did you start? Was it on the Spectrum or something way way back? I I started playing games, obviously. Um, And mainly started with... uh, I I went in at the deep end. Started with games like Car Wars and Warhammer 40k. Um... Moved on to playing Magic, playing D&D, um, all kinds of awesomely nerdy pursuits. Um, and from there, uh, I ended up being recruited by Wizards for a Magic R&D job. Um, worked Magic, there for what did you were doing? Uh, research and development. Oh, R&D for Magic. Yep, doing, doing uh, game design and uh, managing the game rules, oh, right. which is quite the crazy job. Yeah, because that that game got quite broken for a while, didn't it, really? I yeah, mean, it there, there were aspects of it like, hang on, I can do this now, I can do that now, and that's a bit annoying. It certainly is. Um, that was, some of my time was that. Well, really? Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, that's no, a bit, it was... I mean, it's true. I mean, it's so hard to yeah. balance that game. Any yeah. CCG is... Very, very difficult to balance. Yeah. I'm not being patronising here. But. That game takes a ton of effort to balance. And mm. there was a time we just didn't have enough resources to do it. So we were taking shortcuts, uh, trying to do the best we could with what we had. And some things slipped through the cracks. Yeah. yeah. Oops. But you made a turnaround. Well, oh, yeah, they, they, yeah. They've turned the game around in amazing ways. It's gone leaps and bounds from where it was. Yeah. And it's got a lot of competition now in the form of i know let's try to think the living card games you must be fascinated by those don't know maybe not but those lcgs appearing where there are no rares you just buy packs and make your decks have you seen those absolutely they're they're a wonderful uh product concept because um the big challenge with a trading card game is you need enough players to play but with a living card game one player can buy the box and it plays like a board game yes in a lot of ways um, so it really solves the problem that, that the glut of TCGs had, was, which was there were some great games, but they never got traction. No. no. Um, so now all these great games are coming back and sticking around, like games like Netrunner, which is an amazing, amazing trading card game. Yes, but it's now, it's now an LCG. So it's, like, it's now an LCG, um, yeah. and it's, it's still amazing. Yes, yes, it is. Glorious game. Um, so... 
I mean, the game I've played recently. Have you, never, have you heard a game called Yomi? Um, yeah, I heard of that a little bit. Yomi's uh, uh, basically Street Fighter as a card game. Yes, so yes. It reduces all of the action. You know when you watch people play Street, Street Fighter and it's just a blur and you just button mash. Whereas yes. this, this is how actually Street Fighter players actually think. They actually yeah. do these counter moves, but they see it. It's everything, everything, everything slowed down to this crawl, and they can see it in that speed, and that's how they are so successful. Because they, I, I think, they I think we will find that Yomi will come up again later in this interview. Ah, right. <laughs> interesting. It's one of my favorite games. I have the, I, I got the first edition. I've got the second. I've got all twenty characters. I've got play mats. Everything. I love that game. Uh, it's just uh, I love introducing it to people. So, you're referring very much from the from the uh, analog gaming side of things. So, you must be chuffed to how the last five years have gone. <laughs> <laughs> with yeah, uh, I mean, with I, that side of things. Yeah, I mean the analog side of things has gone gangbusters. The digital games are going gangbusters. Well, I I, I moved over and did a, a lot more digital game work in my, in my last few years at Wizards. Um, I was a producer for Hasbro on Eye of Judgment, which was a crazy, crazy ride. I remember that game. I remember being demoed at the because uh, I went to E3 uh, that particular year and sitting there going, "What? What are you doing? <laughs> what is this insanity?" <laughs> and it's like everyone's getting cameras out and doing AR games and like, okay, yeah, and uh, you, you know, Sony wasn't gonna, you know shrug off that that challenge and uh, I like that game I'm not saying it because I'm talking to you I genuinely like that game um, I actually got both expansions for it oh there was a third wasn't there but someone else took that but yeah that was a great game yeah bonkers but it was great it was, it was absolutely bonkers and, and making it was crazy because we were working with people in Japan who spoke Japanese not English yes we were working with people in Belgium, who were printing the cards, who did speak really good English. Right. Uh, we were working with Hasbro on the East Coast uh, in more than one location because their teams were all spread out. Um, it was it was absolutely nuts of a project, but we we got it out and it was a great game. Yeah. It even came out of PSP, didn't it? I've seen <sighs> that, yeah, that was after that was after my time. It was after your time, but it did appeal yeah. that that fine fine little machine. Which I still own. Um, not the game, the, the machine. Anyway, um, I still own. Um, oh, I have judgment, but I don't think it works anymore, does it? I don't know. Who knows? Oh, I, I would. Really <laughs> <know>. <laughs> That's the weird thing about games. People think, oh, yes, you buy them and you own them. Right? So I had this huge argument with someone about it saying, actually, no, you just own the license to play them. What do you mean? So you don't actually own the game, you only. Have permission to play them because you bought the light. Never mind. <laughs> and it's a huge argument. No, I own it. So no, you don't. You own a medium that's contained the code on it. But in fact, you just sign an agreement when you put it in the machine that says you all now can use it under certain circumstances. But you don't own it actually. And it's just bit of, you know, and that's why people go. But I can copy it. No, you can't. You have no rights to do that. <laughs> you just have yeah. license. You just have. Yeah. People really don't, can't get their head around that whole thing. No, no, and they go, "It's not fair." I said, "It's the law." <laughs> I'm not saying it's. Well, you don't think it's fair. I think it's fair, but because it protects the creator's rights. But anyway, so here we are now with the Dragon Foundry. How did that happen? And what, what you obviously were wizards for quite a while, and you decided to to strike out on your own. What was that about? Yeah, I decided that I wanted to. I wanted to make a, a new game. Wizards was really into the, the mode of it's got some amazing brands, Magic and Dungeons and & Dragons, and it's going to make those games again and again and again. And it's going to do them very, very well. Um, I'm more of a, a new product person, not a polish things till the cows come home person. So mm. I wanted to make something new and unique and different. Um, so decided that it was time to strike out on my own and have a go, uh, making a company, making a new game. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, Wizards have done little things like Lords of Waterdeep. That was a slightly different game. Yep, but... yep. That was that I worked on that. 
You did. I know. Yep, I worked on most things that that, that came through came through Wizard. That by, by that point, I was uh, working in the production department and okay. program management. So it was like getting everything together for all these games was it was a it was really fun. Yeah, and make, making things like Laws of Waterdeep, um, keeping Hero Escape alive for a little longer, um, making some of the some of the some of the good board games, bringing some of them back. Like um, we we brought back Acquire and um, yes, it's one of my favourites, Acquire. It's getting there's out. something broken about it. I don't know what. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sorry, no offence to your former colleagues or your work, but you play it and go, hang on, you've just. I couldn't, yeah. yeah. It, I couldn't, it, no. It's a very good model of how the world actually works. Yes, and you'd be like, but that's not, no, it's not, is it? <laughs> Much like Monopoly, the person that gets ahead in the first 10 seconds wins the game. Terrible game. Same with life. Um, did you have involved with Risk Legacy, or did you you'd rather not? I had a little bit of involvement with Risk, Risk Legacy, doing, doing some playtesting and... Right. Um, um, I, I will say that I was one of the first people to spoiler because I'm not actually going to say what happens no. for people that haven't played it. No. I have. <laughs> but... <laughs> okay. Not only just played it, I mean played it 13 times or 15. I've done it, my friend. I've done it. Yeah, yeah. We we did a full playthrough. <laughs> made, oh, made, some... Some, made some good tweaks, but kept in all the surprises because the, the surprises are amazing in that game. Yes, they are, especially when the they things show up um uh, and uh, then uh, you will not believe what we call some of the continents we'll talk about it after the show i can't do it now i'm not gonna yeah, reveal it, it, what gets, we... it gets a little offensive sometimes yeah when what someone called north america and we had a house rule if you named a continent you actually called it the old name you had to remove a troop from your... your <laughs> no, you have to call it what it's called. That, that's totally fair. <laughs> it's totally fair. It's not in the rules. You never wrote that in the rules. But we no, said, no but it's, it's, it's a totally fair rule. Totally fair rule. No, we called it. We called it, that it. But I'm, the, I'm not going to say that out loud. Well, if you don't, it's true. And that caused a lot of arguments for obvious reasons. But um, for those of you who don't know, this, this don't know, Risk Legacy is a game where it changes every time you play it. You play it over and over again. It is Risk, at least delicially, and then it turns into this amorphous mutant thing. And I don't know what to describe it, but it's nothing like what the original game. You, it comes about 70% finished, and then the players finish it off. Uh, it's a fantastic game. Okay, so... What are your biggest influences in as a game creator? Do you think? Uh, I think um, the way various games have captured the imagination and why they've captured the imagination. Yeah, um, and it's it's a it's a lot of different reasons. Um, mostly, it comes down to to amazing gameplay, but not always. Like, oh. I look at I look at something like Pokemon. I personally, I don't think Pokemon has amazing gameplay, oh. but. Wow! Did it capture the the feel of the the IP? It it really nailed it all the way up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at something like Magic. Obviously, worked on that for a while, a long time, and it's sort of ingrained in my life now. And it's like the way the game brings people in and brings people together, and sort of grabs onto them and never lets them go. Because it's it's an awesome game, and it's, there's always something new. Um, it's it's just just flat out amazing. It always amazes me. And this sounds a bit odd. You probably appreciate this, but it always amazes me that you can take a card, write some stuff on it, then take another card, write some other stuff on it, then that stuff interacts with that other card, and follow others again. <laughs> and you can do. It's just amazing. Have you ever heard of this thing called programming? Yes. It's basically the same thing. Yes, it is. We're just, in magic, we're programming people's brains. Yes, you, you, it's, it is reactive, like, well, if this and that, therefore this. If that's more than that, like, you can do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Boolean logic all over the yeah. cards. And, no and keeping, it. keeping it on down to a card level is really, really important. Like it's small enough that you can understand what's going on as a sort of atomic level. Yeah, because if you can't do several moves ahead, then it's terrible. 
if it's yeah. like if there's that uh, there's a lot of um talk in board game on tabletop gaming land where i'm sure you know about this about how much random elements do you put into a game to the point where it becomes meaningless and if you do have random elements in your game it becomes meaningless then should you embrace the randomness which does happen too yep it's um, the, the can- candyland to go scale yeah <laughs> is that an official phrase <laughs> uh it, it might become one now candyland to go you're never well gonna have the, that that game and those two games in the same sentence <laughs> what have you just done <laughs> that's heretical for candyland it's terrible <laughs> Yeah, so in terms of other influences, uh, I'm fairly heavily influenced by um, design. Uh, I was trained as a design engineer. Um, So things like user interface, um, especially coming from the the physical world user interface um, design standpoint, uh, I pay a lot of attention to what's going on there. That's improved tenfold. Oh, and it, there's there's still more, more to go. Oh, um, I know. I mean, my biggest my biggest gripe, and I'm going to share this with you because you're a tabletop designer. What is it with using male pronouns everywhere? What what is it about? It's it's uh, people who are living in the past. I think it's like, so that annoying. Was, was acceptable thirty years ago. I'm not even going to say twenty years ago because it wasn't really acceptable twenty years ago. No, but thirty years ago that was acceptable, and people still do it. Because I just bought an RPG, it's like less than six months old, everywhere. It's little to do with it. And they go, they. You have to use they now. You can't use he. It's they. I mean, it's ridiculous. They got one page they had, I won't name the RPG. On one page they got a character sheet. It's a woman. <laughs> the character's a woman. <laughs> and then in a the second they're describing what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that is, that is a, an editing error. It's just... At, a, at, a, at least. <laughs> at least. But you get it. I'm, I find myself picking up a card for a game and it's just, I'm editing. I'm editing on the fly because I'm talk, reading it out and the person sitting opposite me is a woman. And I'm not going to go, he then plays this and go, they then play this. I don't actually... Because it's insulting. So, yeah. yeah. It's just... Uh, I'm, I'm not sure... It, it's... Yeah. It's insulting. It's limiting the audience for your game. <laughs> like You just turned off more than half the population because like at least two guys have now said this is a bad idea and every woman on the planet thinks it's a bad idea yeah <laughs> yeah and you just think why are you doing this what and i heard people arguing for it go oh it's good grammar yeah who says yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so so i'm gonna talk up magic a little bit and it, i haven't worked there for a while this this yeah. is this is an area where magic has gone leaps and bounds above a lot of the gaming industry is in- inclusivity like yeah. being accepting and really um embracing um non-traditional lifestyles um gender roles that the whole the whole shebang they're, they're really they're really looking at this this is humanity this is not just um I mean, not just male dominated not just spectrum. um yeah, it's, it's not a, just male and female anymore either. It's it, you know, it's and that's great. Yeah, and we need humans. more. We need more games to 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 do this. Yeah, like we need more games to 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 take that stand. We need less games that only have a default male playable character. We need less games that default to a playable character. We need more games like um, oh, what's the get Rust or Dust or the one that just um, announced that they were just gonna pick your character all your character's characteristics for you oh really like you randomly roll race gender etc and you have to live with it and you live with it yeah Yeah. and that's it yeah Yeah, i must admit i I am a bit of a projection person i never gender mix i always play a male um because i can't well unless i'm having to then i don't have a problem but if i'm role playing i generally play males um I don't know why that is. Maybe that's just the way. Yeah, not sure what it says about me, but <laughs> best not to delve, delve into that one. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Every, everybody's different. Everyone's different, and uh, that's great. Although one thing I do do is if I'm doing like a test or something, or 
just doing like a one-off mission, I'll play a character I'd never normally play. Like, oh, I played a rogue. No, Chris. No, no I played. You're terrible. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> What are you doing? You're a healer. How many times have we been through this? Yeah. Oh, I pay the wizard. Please, Chris. No. Not again. Remember what happened last time? You ended up bandaging someone. No, I didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Anyway. So, <laughs> in the realm of development, who do you admire most? Um, That... Like, I admire people that have done amazing things. Um, like, I admire people that really stick with it. I admire a lot of the the, the sort of indie dev scene people that um, they're not in it for money. They're in it for making something amazing. Um, and then Minecraft happens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and like... like that was I, purely I, by accident. As well. Yeah, it, it was... Well, it... It wasn't entirely by accident. It was somebody making a game that they thought they would like and other people might like and being yes. right. And being right in a in an epically amazing way. Yeah, to the point where we almost had a nervous breakdown. Yes. Yeah, oh, I mean like just de- like dealing with that kind of life change is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it could go either like, way, couldn't it? Like you're going from Obscure person on the internet eating rice. To, <laughs> yeah, tr- tr- trying to trying to make a game yeah. to basically a, a bona fide rock star. Only yes. you have way way more money than almost any rock star. Yes, yes, and you don't, and you don't have the the horrible uh, drugs habit. No, yet no, you don't. No, it's <laughs> and you're not and and you're actually super bright. And creative, and all these things, and uh, have vast, vast skill set, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah, and then that happens. So, yeah, but no, you're right. I've said this to other developers on the show. I mean, there's the recent times. You know, you can you have games like Papers Please and Stanley Parable and stuff like this, which you know, five, six years ago would have been very, very hard to see. Uh, indeed pitch or arrive or appear and then the other bonus is you've got crowdfunding as well which you're delving into yourself which we'll talk about later in the show which is hugely empowering for a whole host of I mean look at you know Pillars of Eternity is a great example of uh, how yep. I mean love that game love that game and um, you know Wasteland 2 is another one um, a whole host of, of titles and then of course there's exploding kittens. Did you see that? Uh, I I did see that. Yes. <laughs> hard not to see that one, really. <laughs> and just want to point out, they not only delivered, but they delivered on time. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, but yeah, they, they said, "Oh yeah, we're going for July." Really? No, come on. They got all those. Yeah, they, I've got it. I've got a copy of Exploding Kittens. Not in my hands right now, but it's it's here. And, yeah, my, uh, mine is sat on my table <laughs> back home. You've got one as well. Oh, of course. You, you can't say no to, to that. No, it's oatmeal. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's, no it's one... going it, to be funny. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say whether the game is good or bad yet. No. Haven't played it yet. No, nor I. But it's got nope cards in it, which is going to be it, good. It does have nope cards. The, yeah. the, the, the IP and the, the oatmeal are perfect for that kind of party game. Anarchic. Perfect. Yeah, he's 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 a brilliant, brilliant cartoonist. Very, very smart. So yeah, I mean that meshing of ideas, that meshing of of worlds from a cartoon world to a game doesn't always work out. We've all seen it fail catastrophically. I would say usually uh, it doesn't work out. Usually it doesn't work out. Yeah, I was just thinking of Penny Arcade games, and I've only played a couple of those. Not the, not the video games, the card games, and one of yeah. them was actually broken it was a deck builder and it was terrible because it was broken you know you could you just there was a there was a very very obvious very obvious mass flaw in it and you could just exploit it and win every time <laughs> you know i mean yep. I'm, sh- I'm sure you know game design is very hard but if when you if the mass underlying mass don't work you should really should stop <laughs> oh, oh change or change that's what i mean i should say change <laughs> so, sometimes you, you should stop if if you can, if it's too far down, like 
You mean, yeah, it doesn't, this doesn't work. So yeah, I've, I've, I've been in a few of those projects. Yeah. Yeah. Funding along. Like, are we, is this, are you fundamentally? Yeah. You mean you can't, Oh, is it Norton Cross? Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or tic-tac-toe if you're in North America. It, it is. It doesn't, doesn't work. Um, so my last question this is my favorite question because it gives you an idea of, you know, your thought presses and what keeps you entertained and, why you really like doing what you do is what are you playing right now? Excluding Nova Bits, of course. What am I playing right now? I, I, I am a big puzzle game player. Right. Um, I'm also a, a fairly big board gamer. Um, um, my wife just got into Forbidden Island in a big way because one, one of the kids that uh, she works with wanted to play it. Um, so I've been playing a, a heck of a lot of that with her. Right. Um, I've been playing a bunch of um, new um, iPhone puzzle games. That's 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 where I play a lot of my uh, games. Um, if it's a, if it's a puzzle game with a silly name and uh, fairly abstract art, I'll be I'll be playing it. You must have um, loved threes then. <laughs> uh, yep, I love I love threes. Um, it's, that's one of the. I'm, I tend to be more on the. I want to solve the puzzle side of things rather <laughs> right. than get the high score side of things. So I played threes for a while. I um, all did, and then we realised I'm now too stupid to carry on. I am not going to stop. <laughs> it's serious, like no, I can't do this now. You keep on painting myself into a corner, which is what you're supposed to do, and then yeah. that, that big red two arrives, and you're like, oh, just fuck off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yep. I, I I play I play a heck of a lot of Can't Stop. Um which if anybody hasn't checked it out, you should. I will. Because it is it's one of the one of the it might be the best dice game out there. So what is it then? So it's a it's a Sid Saxon game from the seventies, I think. Okay. <clears throat> um and basically you roll you roll four dice right. and you make two numbers. And you're you're playing pawns on a on a board of tracks from two through twelve, and you keep rolling um, with the with the goal of getting to the end of the, of three tracks. Um, and at any time you can stop, and you stop and you lock any progress, it goes on to the next player's turn. But if you don't stop, there's the chance that you bust on any given roll. Ah. So there's, there's, it's a it's a huge um, risk and reward and looking at the the board position and seeing where seeing where you are compared to where everybody else is and do you need to sort of push your luck and go for it or do you have bad numbers and you can't really push your luck um, and it's it's the board's really well designed because you only need three twos but you need I don't actually know the number of sevens but it's it's many many more sevens. <laughs> three four five six seven thirteen sevens it would be so the easy numbers to roll take you longer to get to the top ah oh, right this old settlers of Catan mechanic with oh look you rolled a seven again yeah and, move and the thief two now yeah and the it's 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 got great uh great uh ux and graphic design it's a it's a plastic stop sign as a board oh right which, which works perfectly for the different length um, rows. Okay. And then look, you've got little cones to move up and down. So it's 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 a really really well designed simple game, um, and it's it's great. I, I, I have to check it out then. Is it yeah. relatively just recently come out, or has it been out for a um, while? You said it's an old game. It, but it was, just, it was yeah. re-released in... Um, it's been re-released a couple of times in the last 10 years, so it should be fairly easy to pick up a copy. All right, okay. Cool. Um, right. So, anything more to add? We've all moved on to the second half of the show? Let's, let's move on. Excellent. We shall do that. So, we're now going to be talking about Nova Bits.
Nervous. What is Nova Blitz? So, Nova Blitz is a digital, real-time trading card game. Um, it's digital because it's uh, cross-platform, iPad, Android, uh, PC, Mac. Um, PC is both Windows and we're working on Linux right now. Um, it's real-time because you're, play- you're actually playing your turns in real-time simultaneously with your opponents. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a trading card game because it's got everything that you'd expect in a trading card game. Um, and it's, it's, it's a little different because games take three to four, maybe five minutes long. Oh. Um, <laughs> not not um, 30 to 40 minutes. Right. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's got a lot more action and it. it's got the same level of interaction that you'd have. But we just took out all the sitting around and waiting. Um, so if, you, if you've ever played Hearthstone and you've thought, come on, just play your cards, damn it. Yes. Um, this game solves that problem because you don't have to wait for them to play their cards. Yes, I was going to ask you about that. Um, but is there anything more you want to build up before we just go on to... Let, let's, let's, go and talk, let's, let's go and talk in more detail. Excellent. Cool. So, yeah... The, Another bit seems to be immune from what I call analysis paralysis. Uh, well, it, <laughs> you, you can still get, you could be paralyzed, but if you're paralyzed, your opponent is just going to keep punching you in the face. Yeah, exactly. So it's a stupid thing to do to do AP. Um, there are, there is a game I actually have um, called Eclipse. You might have heard of it. Um, yeah. Uh, it's a space trading game. There's a relevance to this. Um, what I do is um, the game slows to a crawl because it is deeply, deeply um, suspect. Um, it has terrible problems with with uh, analysis paralysis. People will just sit there staring at the table for a good 10, 15 minutes sometimes. So now I just got an egg timer and shove it in front of me. You've got three minutes. <laughs> You have yep. three minutes to do your go. After that, after that, that, that sand is gone, that's it. Next turn, you got. You can't do that. A, look, I'm not going to sit here for seven hours playing this game. Okay, not gonna, it's not going to happen. So if you don't like it, we'll just bugger off. Um, I'm not that rude, but this, I actually open up saying, "Look, I've got this egg timer. You've got three minutes." And most people are open to it. I haven't had anyone walk away and actually said, "Oh, that's, that's cool." And it's related to this because I want to ask you. It's basically almost, almost. Never Blitz has a simultaneous play mechanic, in a manner of speaking, than the speed of the cards at which they're played impact on the sequence of play. So one yes. player has the initiative if they actually go, oh, I'm just going to slam this down right now without even barely thinking. They're not obviously thinking, but they go, oh, I've got that. Bang, you know, down on the, on the table. It goes. Yeah, we, we've, we've really set it up so there's a balance between thinking and speed. We didn't want a yeah. game where just the fastest person was always had the advantage and we didn't want a game where people would just sit and think forever um so s- sometimes you're better off just slamming your card down quickly so that um when your opponent plays something you'll you'll get initiative back and you can attack first um sometimes you're better sort of lying in wait for for what they're going to play and um jumping on their play and killing it yeah um you can you can do both um but you're, you've, you don't get – you've got to think fast to figure out what to do. Yeah. And how did this come about? So yeah. we, we, we start off like, we, like we've, we've got a, a bunch of people who know trading card games and know digital trading card games um, from working on Magic Online, working on things like Higher Judgment and, and other, other games. We've, we, we built up a lot of experience in the team. Um, and we, we basically, basically said, like, we, yeah, we, we want to make some kind of digital trading card game. Um, and we want to really take advantage of what the computer can do. Um, and the computer does a couple of things really well. Um, it can enforce rules amazingly well. Um, and it can help players um, play the game with, with um, good user experience um, and good setup. Right. Um, so, so, and then we looked. We started looking at the games that were out there and said, "Well, why are we make? Why are people making games that take twenty minutes to play when when you're play, when you're making a game for a computer? Like it's 
it's a really long, drawn-out experience that, like, it, it locks you in for a long time. It, it's, you can't really pick up and play anymore. Um, no, I mean, say to you, oh, yeah, I can, I can play Dota for pick-up. No, no, you can't. No. If you're going to sit down, I'm going to play Dota. You're going to be there for an hour at least, right? Right? Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> and, and when you've got games that are really long, um, a little variation in game length actually makes a big difference. Like, if you've got a 20-minute game and you're, you're adding, you could be plus or minus 50% on the, the game time, that's 10 to 30 minutes. That's a huge range. Mm. Where, so, you, so if you're trying to, trying to schedule events or... Uh, schedule your playtime. You don't actually know how many games you're going to be able to play. Whereas if your game is three or four minutes long, you're still in the it's less than five minutes. I've got time to play another game mode. So you never have to you never have to really think about scheduling. It's always oh I have time to play. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you can't fit five minutes in your life, then there's something seriously seriously wrong with yeah. your time management there. Yeah, and, and then the, the yeah. yeah. Then the other side of it was just like looking at games and looking at all the waiting and all the the fiddly um, passing actions back and forth that you that you tend to get in in these games, or just the hard rule you can't do anything while your opponent's playing. That you, like you get one of those two usually. Yeah. Um, and we we looked and said like, well, if if you look at look at the history of um, strategy games. You go back and you're playing um, SimCity and you're playing uh, Civilization, yep. and you're playing t- you're playing turn-based games, and like like we we've all, we've all tried to play uh, games of of Civ with other people playing. Yes, um, I have done it. I used to do it a lot actually. Um, even, even yeah, yeah. It, even with Hotsey, like it's a rough experience. Like it's great fun, but it takes yeah. forever. It, it, yeah. Oh yes, it did. We had to, well. They came up with various solutions where you could save the state of the game. Yeah. And, and that worked. And it worked great for us. Yeah. I seem to remember every time I became the war machine maker. Oh, Chris, could you just send some tanks up there? Okay, yeah. But, yes, I do remember. Um, yeah. They had various workarounds. Like, Masters of Orion 2 was good for that. And, and, and then someone came up with a brilliant idea of uh, <laughs> making a game called Doom, of, uh, Dune 2, which was a real-time strategy game. And... Yes, where where you just you just play and everybody's playing at once, and then you've got Warcraft and Starcraft, and that evolved into um, Dota and League of Legends and Dota Two. Yeah, um, and suddenly like, you've taken this game that, if you're playing competitively with another person, takes ten days, maybe now it's forty-five and you... minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's like. 35 40 minutes and it's, yes. it's playable and you're always in the action you're always doing something you're not sitting around having a cup of tea while your opponent um decides what they're going to do or what they're not going to do so we decided like, can we can we apply the same theories to a card game um and the answer was yes you yeah well, yeah definitely you can play cards at the same time that's okay yeah um that- and it's great. And, and then it came down to a lot of iteration. It's all, okay, do, does this work? Is this fun? Can people understand it? With the three criteria that, that we had. Um, and the first couple of prototypes we, we got to, we got to, I can see how we can get this too fun. Like, people don't understand this yet. It, it mechanically works. It can be fun. And then we got into, okay, We've got something that's fun. It's still a little hard to understand. And we just kept on iterating and iterating and changing different aspects of the game um, to try and get boiled down something that really hits on. It's fun. It's super easy to understand. And it will just function. And it won't be ridiculously hard to code. It won't be hard to um, make and maintain. And that's what you've done, basically. Yeah, that's 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 where that's where we are now. Now, I'm I'm not I'm not saying we're done with iteration. We're we're in alpha right now. Oh God, um, no, no, no. So no, no video game is actually finished, really. <laughs> and we're we're certainly not going to finish. We're we're going to be a service. We're not we're not a game that re- releases and is done. No. Um, we release and then the hard work starts. Yeah. 
Maybe uh, Robotron was pretty much done, but that's probably the only exception. <laughs> sorry, I love my twin stick shooters. Sorry. Um, anyway, um, I don't want to talk about even more low level stuff. I told you it ramps up. Um, I want to talk about how, for some reason, when you the cards are shuffled out and they're displayed for you, you just have enough resources to actually execute your moves. How difficult was that to implement? I mean, did you, is that always because you have resource cards, base resource cards to actually trigger the the the, the uh, acts of certain cards, just like in Magic in some regards? Yeah. Can you tell us how that was balanced? Not yeah. So much detail, so but, yeah. so yeah. For for anybody that's the stuff completely familiar um you've got resource cards and non-resource cards yeah so sometimes if you just shuffle a deck of cards normally um you'll draw a hand that's that's all resource cards or all non-resource cards and if you do that that's just a terrible play experience so we looked at that and said why on earth are we making a game that randomly delivers terrible game experiences to you (laughs) that's just a dumb thing to do and you shouldn't do it like, you want to d- deliver experiences that are varied, but you don't want any terrible game experiences if you can avoid it. Obviously, there'll always be some, but you, pr- you eliminate them when you find them. So we basically looked and said, well, I'm sure there's a way to fix it. Yeah, um, got to be. And we, we went around with, on some design a little, a little, little while um, and came up with the idea of, well, we're a computer game. So why don't we just do what people expect random to be, not what random actually is? Yeah. So p- people expect random to be, it's varied but consistent. Like you expect, like if you toss a coin and it's heads, you expect the next toss to be tails. It Really, it doesn't matter. Although there's a study that says that the side of the coin actually is the biggest influence on what the next flip will be because physics is involved. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is fascinating stuff, but it's total tangent. Yeah, it's what, what, what is truly random? Let's not go there. I've had the yeah, same don't, conversation don't, with other developers, <laughs> and it's just like the people... I can hear them turning their iPods off now. I can hear them like, no, no one wants this. I don't, don't, no. don't go there. No. So, so what we did was we there's a standard shuffle algorithm called the Fisher-Yates algorithm that basically every card game uses. Right. It's very standard. It's very well tested. It just works. Right. So... We had that implemented already, so we used that. And then what we did was we just we said, "All right, this gives a totally uh, as random as you can get on a computer random deck." Um, But we've got cards in the wrong places (laughs) because we don't want totally random. So what we did was we looked at the length of the runs of. each type of card. So if you've got a run of seven resource cards, that's go- that run is going to give a bad play experience. Yeah. And what we said was, okay, let's just break up those runs a little bit. Mm-hmm. So all, all it does is you shuffle the deck randomly and then you um, swap cards around a few times until you get below a, a specified run length or you hit the maximum number of iterations. Because if you're only playing two resource cards, you're never going to get below uh, the run length that we want. So no. okay. you've got to have, you've got to have safety cases. Um, so but yeah, basically, that's, that, that's what it does. So it's, it turned out it was incredibly simple. We built it, we tested it in a day. It's just one of the simple, one of the nice, nice, nice sort of uh, eureka moments. Like, when we just fiddle it. What do you mean? You don't do that. <laughs> what do you mean you don't do that? Are we making this game? Yes, but it's heresy. <laughs> like, no, it's not. No, it's cow sacred. Don't. I'm oh, fine. Yeah, I'm just, just, you. just shoot the cow and eat the steak. Exactly, yeah. There's, there's, there are some cows that need to be shot in the face. Yeah, so, and, so yeah. We, we, and we applied that in a bunch of different places on the, on the game. Mm. Um, not, just, not just in terms of, of gameplay. Um, although we did we did do it in terms of uh, gameplay and user experience, um, we <clears throat> we've definitely seen like you look at digital trading card games that are not Hearthstone, and you yes. look at Hearthstone, yes, and you start to realize all the very very smart things Blizzard did with their digital trading card game. 
in just in terms of the user experience. Yes, it's very beautiful. It's well, there's the beautiful side of it, yes. which is great, and that's because they spent twenty five plus million dollars building the game, yes. and they had money to spend on it. Because but there's also there's... just just the way it works, yes. the the amount of information that's presented, the way you every action is pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have a lot of prompts and pop ups and questions that you got to answer. Your actions are: I move this object out onto the the playing fields, and then I move it around. That's basically your actions. Yeah, it's um, true. So, so we we we, t- we took that to to heart and said we're building this game really from the user experience up because that's how people experience it. So, we took a look at it and said, all right. We don't need to do super co- a bunch of a bunch of super complicated cards. No. Um, we don't need to do um, cards where you make a bunch of different choices. Um, so we we set a rule where you can have a target for a card, but you can only have one, which means that you can drag a card out and drag it over the target and play it. Right. Um, and it and it'll just work. So because if. You, if you had a card with two targets, suddenly you've got to figure out how to play that card. And yeah. it's, it, it adds so much complication. And it turns out we don't really need the, the two-target card. We, we can make so many different cards. Um, another, er- another area where we um, really looked at it was um, people seem to be upset about the amount of uh, what they call RNG, or random number generation, in um, strategy games. Yeah. Um, so we looked at it and said, well... We like variation in play, but we don't want a, a game where it's 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 so random. Don't make so it we, unfair. Don't make it unfair. So 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 we realized that we could we could there's a lot of stats in every game, so we could just right. key off the stats. So rather than doing it affects a random card, we tend to do it affects the weakest uh, card on the board or the strongest card on the board. Just to, so, and what we found is that. The cards are really simple to play because you just drag it out to play it. You don't have to choose, and they play differently in different in different situations. But it's not random. It doesn't have the feel of I got screwed by the computer. It's oh, I know what's going to happen when I play this. If I play this, my creature is going to die, so I shouldn't play it right now. So hmm. people hold off and play it at the right times, and just just that little tweak. Um, Gave a, it, it actually gives more strategy because playing cards like that means you're thinking about the card play a little more and it's a better feel for the players Yeah, because they know what's going to happen and that no one got screwed over by the computer. It was, it was the right card play at the right time. Okay. Well, I, th- I think we've delved into that. Thanks for Because I wanted to... I knew that question was uh, literally quite shallow. It's not. I was just trying to dig into what other aspects of the game that you've delved into to actually create a very different experience than most people expect from card games. This is why yeah. <laughs> one another bit stands out from, from most. Yeah. If, if we have a little time, there's one, we should uh, go back to the Yomi point. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> one of the things we iterated a lot on was the combat system. Yes. Um, and I'll, I'll skip. We, ha- we had a Hearthstone-style system for a while where you attack the other the other units um there's a reason we didn't go for that but i I want to talk about what we got to in the end which was we got to a system that was inspired by um poker and street fighter and basically the concept of not the game yomi but the concept of yomi which is um the effect of being able to predict what your opponent is doing and making the right play Reading it's the player. To, That's what you're meaning. Yeah, it's, reading. Re, it's read, reading the player. Yeah. Um, so what we have in our combat system is it's simultaneous turns. Yes. So you're both playing at the same time. You're yeah. both choosing your combat orders at the same time. Yes. But you don't know what the other person's choosing. That's right. Until they flip it so, over. <laughs> so, so you got this, and all you can do is either say, I'm attacking, which means it would attack the opponent, or I want to block a certain of my opponent's units. Yes. So you get into these wonderful states where I know I've got a, I've got a one-one unit. It's tiny. It's going to die to anybody that that my opponent has. But maybe I'm going to attack with it because he knows I'm not going to attack with it. So 
why would I attack? Why, 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 why would they block it? Why wouldn't... So I could attack. They didn't block it. <laughs> and, and suddenly I, it gets through. Yes. So th- there's lots of sort of move and counter move. Um, you, could, you could also have your units do nothing, which can be more powerful than, than you might think. Yeah. Um, you can... You could switch up how you're playing at different times so to, to try and outthink your opponent. Like you attack with something three times, then the next time you don't, mm. just to bait them in. Yeah. Um, so that there's there's lots of things you can you can do to really outthink your opponent, and that 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 sort of elevated the combat to a place where we really really love it. And that's definitely not going away at any point. We've, no. we've got that solid. Yeah, that's that's fantastic because Yomi's the same. You played two cards at the same time. You flip them over. And go, oh, look, he's done a throw, and I've done an attack. Aha! And then you you take them out because they've done a throw. And it's just it's just that rock paper scissors thing, but brought down to a scale of a card game, and then you inflict damage on them based on what what you played. Yeah, and uh, similar to what uh, Nova Blitz is doing here. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So the next question really is about deck building. Uh, as of any CCG, there's a deck building aspect to the game and Nova Blitz is no different. Uh, and it's additionally a very core element to CCGs. But new players traditionally, as expected, will find that intimidating. How do you plan to reduce the barrier of entry to deck building in Nova Blitz? Uh, so partly we're giving people um, pre-constructed decks to start with, which is a fairly fairly base level way to do it yes um we're <clears throat> we want to get into the point where we have a deck builder that has a little bit of um help for new players mm-hmm. um that's that's getting into the the question of what features can we deliver with the resources we have so yes. assuming we can deliver that that's that's that would be great for new players if not, um, we're really going to be, it's going to be relying on the community and having some community tools. Yeah. Um, things like being able to share your decks between players so that I don't have to build a deck. I can just um, go and upload upload a deck list. Um, and then you can borrow theirs? Well, you can't borrow the cards, but you at least have a deck that you can then build out with cards from yes not the cards themselves the, house. But yeah. the database of I hate using that word but the list of cards that they're yeah. using and if you happen to have them too yay yeah and it'll tell you what you have and what you don't have and what you need yeah. to buy cool um, okay. so we're, we're, de- we're definitely tr- wanting to, to hold people's hands a little bit um, we've also made deck building fairly simple um, it's just build a deck with whatever cards you want to put in it um, obviously you can make dumb decisions but you probably won't mm-hmm. people tend to make okay decisions in deck building yeah i mean the, the thing i've done with ccgs i've created especially with the because i didn't play magic no offense to yourself or your former <laughs> but i i played the world of warcraft one because i kind of like yeah it. um i'm not sure if you did at wizards you probably did because no you didn't No, that was <laughs> yeah that was uh i don't remember who made that oh but yeah we didn't Definitely I didn't make it, no, but it was yeah. uh, it was yeah. a competitor. But I'm saying yes. it, was good, it was a good game because you weren't the avatar; the card in front of you was. It was glorious, and just that that avatar and that whole. But what it did was it encouraged you, and it is now Hearthstone now because it's gone. It's been yeah. replaced by Hearthstone. The idea is that you create these extraordinary combo decks, these these yeah. decks that would just you would spend a good twenty minutes <laughs> building up to a crescendo. Hopefully, no one else would stop you from doing that. Um, that's not really the case with Nova Bits, though, is it? Or maybe you can counter that. Uh, you, you certainly, you can certainly build combo decks. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, it's it's more punching I mean, the face repeatedly rather than building but, up to extend yeah, And we, we want <laughs> we want to have um, some combo, a few combo decks, not a ton. We want to have control decks. We want to have. So the mid-range decks, which are you build up to and just smash people in the face, and we want to have the quick, fast, aggressive decks. Yeah. If we can have all of those present in the the field, then we've done our jobs well. It doesn't lend itself to turtle players, does it, like me? Um, <laughs> or maybe I'm it's, wrong. <laughs> it, it's a little... It's hard to turtle. You've got to interact with your opponents. You do. You do. Um, because your opponent is interacting with you, and if you don't interact, then you're dead. 
That's right. That's uh, my point. But you can you can sort of play the control. The control game is, is the closest to turtling. Yeah. Um, where you're trying to just block them and slow them down while you build up to a massive finisher. That's basically my my style. It's typical. Yeah. So the, the, there'll be decks for you in, the, in there as well. That's awesome. Okay. My last question, and it's something to do with the. It's always I ask free to play um, developers, and I get various different answers. Most of them. All of them, actually, I've got an answer to this, is very sound logic. I just want to make sure you can actually voice this, given the opportunity to voice this. So what aspects of design gameplay is impacted on the need to avoid the dreaded play-to-win um, scenario? Or yeah, um, it's, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. Um, we're definitely free-to-play. You are? It's, to- yeah. it, it's, it's totally free to try out. It's totally free to play um, when, once you have the cards. If, if you want the cards, you have to acquire them. You can acquire them through play, um, especially if you're a good player. Yeah. Um, it, you can acquire them by paying. Um, but fundamentally, um, like, you need, like, it's, a, it's a game. If you're not spending money, then you're probably not getting the full experience of a, of a game. Right. Like we're cer- we're certainly not doing any of the the really painful um, free to play practices that you <clears throat> that you see. Like I just saw the the new um, the new Angry Birds. I looked look, looking at some of the, the reviews on that um, and saying that like they basically taken all the bad uh, like anti customer free to play practices um, and put them into a single game. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it's really, just, it's really destroyed the game experience because the game experience was try and beat this puzzle again and again and again until you beat it. And now it's run out of energy and stop playing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we really we want to focus on being able to, people being able to play whenever they want to. Um, we're, we're, we're really heavily focused on competitive play and tournament play. So we're, more of our rewards are in the tournaments, not necessarily just for the top players. The rewards go, go all the way down. Um, but, but we want to focus on tournament play. Um, and like you look at a tournaments, like you have, like tournaments are pay to win, but everybody pays the same amount in order to have, take a shot at winning. Right. Um, and that's really where, <clears throat> that's really where, our uh, monetization is focused is, people playing tournaments so that they can then win cards and, and rank up and get invited to bigger tournaments um, on uh, as level a playing field as we can give them. Obviously, the draft side of things is, is a completely level playing field. Um, you, everyone's going in with the, same, with the same start of three boosters. Um, constructed is based on what you what you own in your collection. Um, there'll be decks where that don't need many rares. There'll be decks that that need more rares. Um, but we definitely want to we definitely want to keep it it, it balanced so that um, everybody can have fun and everybody can um, always play. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a tricky subject, but fundamentally, it's a it's a card game and. Um, if you want to own all the cards, you can. If you don't want to all the ca- own all the cards, you can still play and have a great time. Yeah, I just want. That's what I got from the uh, material you got out, uh, put out on the, the, the core of the idea of um, how much money you want to put in. It all depends on how much enjoyment you get out of it and what you want to get out of it. It's that's that's the freedom of free to play. Um, yeah. Uh, an old codger like me finds it difficult. It's like, how much money do you want? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> seriously, I'm like, well, do, I want, do I want $5, 10 $20? You know, we had Smite on the other week and they said, well, we've got, for, we've got a package for people like you who just want to give us 20 bucks and go, no, I just want to buy a game. Can I just buy a game? And they got a solution for that. I mean, have you considered doing something like that? Well, I, I think if you look at this, just the, the basic the basic play pattern, um, you you get to I just want to I just want to get in and play for yeah. free, and and you're you're getting a, a full game experience. You are you're getting you are. De- deck building and everything else. You're not getting all the, every single card you could ever want, um, 
I, I could certainly see us uh, doing a sort of starter type pack in the store where you get a bunch of stuff that's locked to the account. Um, we'd have to we'd have to really look at the all the economics of that and make sure it's it really makes sense for for all the players. Cool. Speaking of economics. We're recording uh, at a time when the Kickstarter is rolling on. Yeah. Um, you've got the time of recording, just over 30 grand. Well yeah, done. We're, well done. We're 75% funded um, and we're on track to get funded well before the end of the campaign. Yeah, it's just that that last push goes insane. You know. Oh, exactly. yes. Um, oh, yeah. We spoke about Exploding Kittens. That was an extreme. <laughs> That's not <laughs> typical. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, yeah, it does go. It does go pretty crazy towards the end. Um, so when this show's released, it, the Kickstarter will still be rumbling on. It is just look up Nova Blitz, and you'll find it on Kickstarter. It's all over the place. It's glorious. Now, just to reconfirm, it's planned for Windows, PC, Mac, iOS, and Android. Is that right? Yep. And we're also we're working on a Linux build right now um, because when you see, it's not too hard to do. There's a few bugs, but mostly works yeah i mean i built uh, i built a steam box uh, a couple of christmases ago and um haven't looked back since it's great having a yeah. computer hooked up to your massive yeah. you TV. Uh, the, the, the other big thing is the the alpha is out there for everybody to play um yep. you can go and download it from the kickstarter page or from our website yeah um and right it's now a beautiful it's beautiful game beautiful game we've got to thanks it to your art, artists and animators it's fantastic i did i didn't want to bring that out on the show because it's bloody obvious just go and have a look everyone um i just <laughs> wanted to get into the low level design aspects just yeah. like we did didn't we paul i think we got a lot of that out of you which yeah. is great because that's what the name of the show the sausage factory that's the whole point um so, so you get that joke uh, <laughs> so um, I, I have been to a sausage factory <laughs> <laughs> I, I no longer eat sausage. You no longer eat sausages, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, it's been fantastic talking to you on the show. I wish you the very best of luck in Nova Bits and your future endeavours. You're more than welcome to come back on, maybe talk about Nova Bits 2016. That would be cool, um, or something, or, or some other project you've uh, you've plucked from the, the the core of your brain to unleash upon the world. That'd be fantastic. Ab- absolutely, yeah, love to. So uh, that's it. So, Paul, thank you very much for your time. Thanks a lot. And so ends another episode of The Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up The Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer and listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Bye!